Welcome to another episode of Geisler's Guidelines. I'm your host, Jordan Geisler, and we have a very special bonus episode to make up for the lack of a season finale from season one. This is the first ever roast and toast episode of Geisler's Guidelines. I can't tell you how excited I am for this episode. I have a very, very special guest here to join in on this episode. Uh, her name is Rebecca Boyney. We've known hey. each other for, I think, five years now. Um, yeah. Rebecca, would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, <laughs> I'm Rebecca, or Becca, or Reba, um, or Big Sexy. <laughs> Some people call me that. Um, Who calls you Reba? Reba? Yeah. Many you? people. There's oh. this old dude um, that I'm really good friends with. His name is Dr. Yuri, and he calls me Reba. Uh, wait, is he the bald guy that was your supervisor, or like uh, ch- chaperone on the trip to China? China. Yeah. Oh, okay. He speaks fluent Mandarin, and he's like six foot seven, very white. I'm bald. highly suspicious of Dr. Yuri. He's a great man. <laughs> Apparent. Okay. All right. But as you were saying before, I apologize for interrupting. Um. I don't, yeah, so I'm Rebecca, or all those other things, and I am a senior, sort of, mm-hmm. senior slash junior, kind of like Jordan. Yeah. And. And what school do you go to? I go to Asbury University. Yes. Shout out. Woo-hoo. Um, and I am studying intercultural studies, mm-hmm. and I want to live in Asia. All right. Very yeah. special. Um, let's do a special question because this is a special episode. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to live with, not in like a, oh, romantic shacking up together, but okay. if you were to live with any of the Avengers, who would it be? Ooh. Or anyone in the Marvel Universe? Anyone in the Marvel Universe? Anyone in the Marvel Universe. Loki. <laughs> Why Loki? <laughs> I just think it would be exciting. <laughs> like... I like it when I don't feel like I can trust someone. <laughs> just, it keeps life exciting. Mm-hmm. I like the adventure of it. So, like, one night, I, you know, Loki and I could be watching Netflix together, just mm-hmm. chilling. Not Netflix. <laughs> that was very unintentional. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Literally just chilling, watching things. And all like, of a sudden, he steals your TV. all of a sudden, he steals my TV. Yeah. And we, neither one of us can watch Netflix anymore. It doesn't make any sense. Um, You're yeah. watching a or wall like, with a Netflix. Or like I wake up it. and he's just like stabbing me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of adventure that I want. I'm like really interested to see who your future spouse will be based <laughs> off of that information I feel like would be critical to a relationship. Right, um, yeah. Also, I was half expecting you to say the Hulk because it is common knowledge that... Rebecca has a huge crush for the Hulk. Right. Not necessarily Mark Ruffalo, just kind well. of the Hulk. Well, Mark Ruffalo too, but kind of the Hulk. Right, yeah. Mostly. Kind of both. Yeah. A mixture of it. Yeah. Well, but you said, you specified it's not shacking up with romantically, yeah. which is why I didn't say the Hulk. Yeah. Because... I wouldn't be able, like, to control the feelings. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh my gosh. <laughs> we were living together. Oh my god. That would be really confusing. <laughs> yeah, that would be really hard to differentiate roommateship and loveship. Right. Um, if it were me, I, w- I would probably say uh, Scarlet Witch, even though I am attracted to her... 
mm-hmm. and like her. Yeah. Uh, only because she could move stuff really easily. That's a And good idea. if someone came into our house that we don't like, she could control their mind and tell them to leave. Yeah. Um, and uh, moving would be so easy because, like I said, she can move things with her mind. Right. Um, also, maybe she could, like, use it as, like, a hypnosis to get me to, like, not snore. Yeah. Or something like that. Like um, protection and yeah, convenience. Exactly. Yeah, that's all you can ask for in a yeah. roommate. <laughs> yeah, honestly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and bills, you know, if she could pay those every now and again, that would help. Yeah, um, but yes, okay, wonderful question. All right, so uh, before we get to the roast and toast, it's time for another segment of Bowl of Scenarios. So, Rebecca, would you please select a scenario from the bowl? I selected one. Oh, I got two. Oh, that's okay. No, wait. Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got one. It was just bigger than I was expecting it to be. Okay. Um, do I read that last? Yes, if okay. you can read my handwriting. I, yes. <laughs> A friend is talking to someone else and is giving advice that contradicts what they've told you. Do you out them or not say anything? Okay, so someone's being a hypocrite and giving someone advice that they don't follow themselves would you call them out on it or would you say nothing Hmm. i don't know i don't think that i would call them out on it especially not in front of somebody else yeah like i wouldn't be like hey you don't follow that yourself you big dummy (laughs) like i just don't think that that would solve anything it would just embarrass the person yeah probably embarrass the person that they're talking to break something in that relationship and I just don't think that's a good idea but if they're a good enough friend where we're in that kind of relationship where we've established hey if I'm doing something that is bothering you or that you think is wrong tell me about it yeah I think then I could like have a private conversation with them Mm -hmm. and talk to them about it yeah so I would probably go down a similar route if I choose to bring it to their attention I wouldn't do it publicly Unless it's, like, a really good friend and I'm doing it in a joking kind of way. And Mm -hmm. I'll be like, ha-ha, like, maybe you should try that, too, or something like that. Very just, like, almost (laughs) passive-aggressive. But I think I would try to confront them on the side and bring it up. Um, I'm trying to think, because all this, and I should have mentioned this before, all the scenarios in the bowl are based off of real-life experiences that I've had. And I'm trying to think of when this was, but I honestly can't remember. Um, it might be with one person because almost all of the scenarios in this bowl regard around one person <laughs> in particular. Um, but I, I think I would try and bring it to their attention just because if it were me, I would want someone to bring it my, to my attention as well. Yeah. Uh, all right, so bowl scenarios is over. Uh, so let's explain what this is. So this episode is a roast and toast, and there is a podcast I listened to that I absolutely love called How Did This Get Made? And what it is, is a podcast about really bad movies and roasting those <laughs> really bad movies. And it, it's honestly hilarious. Um, it's a, I think it's an Earwolf podcast, and it's just super, super funny. And we actually did a roast and toast in a way <laughs> a few years back that went awfully wrong because um we watched god's not dead too um at my house and we roasted it the whole time we probably didn't even toast it all that much um 
and <laughs> my parents were not particularly happy that I, uh, we had watched <laughs> that movie to make fun of. Um, yeah, and then for your birthday, I bought you the DVD for God's Not yep. Dead 2, yep. and my parents were extremely upset with me about that, and they said it was blasphemy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, um, ended up returning that last minute and I had to improvise another gift for you for your birthday, which I was very upset about. Um, but that was technically our original roast and toast of a movie, but yeah. the actual phrase roast and toast dates back to about 2016 or 17. Uh, our family was in California visiting other family and we were around the bonfire and my aunt Andrea said, let's do a toast to everybody or just like you can toast whoever you want around the bonfire. And then someone mentioned, let's make it a roast and toast <laughs> so that you can toast to whoever, but you can also roast whoever you want. And it was a lot of fun and we bring it up every now and again just because it was a really funny memory because there was a lot of roasting and toasting. So I thought we would do a roast and toast of this movie. And the movie that we're doing is The Santa Claus because it was yeah. just Christmas. This movie has a lot of problems, so it definitely deserves a roast and toast. And <laughs> honestly, like, and I told you before we started recording, like, I really liked this movie before. But the point of a roast and toast to me versus just, like, what they do on How Did This Get Made is a roast and toast is for a movie that you could argue there is some merit behind it in a yeah. way yeah but it still has problems like yeah. a lot of problems um and that is this movie yeah. the santa claus has a lot of issues with it and uh i was watching it this year like i told you earlier and there was just like a lot of problems going on and i was like this needs to be analyzed like a little <laughs> further um and so i just want to give you all a little background information before we start uh, this movie was released November 11th, 1994. It had a budget of $22 million and earned $189 million, uh, most of which was from the U.S. Uh, the actors in this movie are Tim Allen as Scott Calvin, a.k.a. Santa, Judge Reinold as Neil, Charlie's stepfather, Wendy Crewson as Nora, Charlie's father, Eric Lloyd as Charlie, uh, Scott Calvin's son, David Krumholtz as Bernard, the head elf of the North Pole, <laughs> and Peter Boyle as the boss of whatever is the name of Scott Calvin's company, because we never get a name of what the company is. We also never get what Peter Boyle's name is in the movie, I don't think. Um, I, I don't think I told you this, but there's a girl at Asbury who looks exactly like... Peter Boyle? <laughs> That would be incredible. No, the elf, the head elf. Oh, Bernard. Yeah, Bernard. He looks. She looks just like Bernard. Oh my That's gosh. her Twitter username. It's kind of. It's spooky. Bernard. The yeah, elf. yeah, Bernard the elf. And I was watching the movie, and I was like, oh my gosh, she really does. Look, look yeah, like oh my. That. And it's not a bad thing. He's a very handsome man. <laughs> I don't know if I were a girl, though. I don't know if I would want to be compared I, to. Yes. I wouldn't mind looking like a handsome man. Okay. <laughs> Different strokes for different folks. That's okay. Uh, this <laughs> movie uh, received pretty good praise. It, it had a 74% on Rotten Tomatoes. I looked at, uh, looked at Amazon reviews earlier today. It had a 4.75 out of 5 star rating, wow. which I feel like is pretty good. Um, this was the first Tim Allen Disney film 
Um, and the director for this movie, I believe he did a couple other of his Disney films with. He went on to do a movie called Jungle to Jungle. And he also did the Shaggy Dog, plus the other movies in this trilogy. Huh. Um, so this was the beginning of a disastrous career for <laughs> Tim Allen uh, with Disney because all of those movies were awful. The um, Shaggy Dog? The Shaggy Dog I is a horrible movie. movie. <laughs> Rebecca, that movie is awful. It's so terrible. It's so good. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure he was nominated for a Razzie for that movie. Wow. Which are the anti-Oscars. Which know. Donald Trump, in case you guys don't know, Donald Trump won a Razzie for the movie <laughs> Ghosts Can't Do It. I feel like people need to know what that. But I'm sorry, you were saying something before. Uh... I don't even, oh, I was just saying, I think it's just because I grew up watching it, but I oh, probably yeah. haven't seen it in like 10 years. Well, maybe, so maybe we'll come back, roast and toast Shaggy, Shaggy Dog. Dog, Yeah. maybe, you know, if there's Shaggy time, Dog. I feel like that's a possibility <laughs> for this movie. Um, but, okay, so it's time to roast and toast the Santa Claus, and you, would you like to start, Rebecca? I would love to start. Okay, what's the first, first thing that popped out at you with this movie? <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> Okay, so the first thing that popped out was a toast. <laughs> Did you just read, read it on my face? Yes. <laughs> and the first thing I thought when those credits rolled, oh our main character came out on the screen, I was expecting, like, old Tim Allen, because that's just how I'm used to him yeah. now. And he came on, and I was like, dang, he looks good. <laughs> he was, like, professional businessman. Oh, my gosh, he Rebecca. Had, like, the, the, what is that called? Like, the, not sea salt gray hair. What is it? Oh, like pepper, or yeah, pepper, salt and pepper. Salt and pepper. Yeah. <laughs> sea salt. <laughs> I thought he had yeah. mostly brown salt hair. hair. Yeah, so it, maybe, was like, oh, okay. it was, like, brownish with some gray mixed in. Okay, well. It was good. I, I should have expected <laughs> you would say that because for those who don't know Rebecca well, um, she kind of has a thing for all men who can walk um, and what? can speak. Um, just a thing to know. The first thing that popped out to me was a roast. Who has a company Christmas party on Christmas Eve? Because that's when the movie starts. The movie starts on Christmas right. Eve. It's probably like 8 o'clock or so at night. <laughs> And Tim Allen as Scott Calvin, he is there at this Christmas party on Christmas Eve. And I'm just like, what company has a Christmas Eve party? And there were so many people there. Why are right. they at a Christmas Eve party instead of with their families on Christmas right. Eve? Well, that's probably why his son didn't like him. Probably. Oh, that's a good thing. That's yeah. actually a really good note because he is kind of a workaholic and he doesn't have a good relationship with his son. Yeah. Um, I did not think of that. That's a yeah. good point. But still, like, the company, why would yeah. they do that? Yeah, like, why? I don't <laughs> get why they would do that. Um, <laughs> and then another thing, in this beginning scene, this is om- this is one of two moments where Peter Boyle, um, <laughs> who we both love because he was on Everybody Loves right. Raymond, he was hilarious. <laughs> this is one of two scenes in the movie where he appears. Like, I... I feel like if they managed to get him to be in this movie, they would have worked harder to incorporate him more into this movie because right. he's really funny. He like, <laughs> granted, this isn't necessarily like a straight up comedy movie, but like they could have easily like incorporated that into yeah. the movie. And all of his lines are just like really dry, and he's not like putting any emotion into it. And Take he was in. in the Santa Claus two and the Santa Claus three. As Father Time. Really? Yeah. As, like, because at the beginning of those movies, they have, like, the holiday figurehead meetings of, like, 
people like uh, Cupid and the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy right. and the Sandman, they all come together and have like a meeting in the other two movies. And he's Father Time in both of them. And he gets like little stupid quippy lines in both of those movies. Huh. But I was so confused because I was like, granted, both those movies happened way after this movie was released. Because right. I think those came out. Um, like mid two thousand ish, and this is ninety four. Eight years later. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know why. First of all, he decided he would come back when he's not reprising the same role. And well, granted, his role probably wouldn't have really been all that involved because Scott Calvin, <laughs> believe it or not, doesn't end up staying a businessman forever. Even right. From <laughs> um, but <laughs> I, I was just uh, like, I was so confused. They completely wasted having Peter Boyle in this movie. I feel like it was just a waste of time and money for him. Well, not a waste of money for him. It was a waste of time for him. When did Everybody Loves Raymond come out? Like, was this Late 90s. It was oh, popular? this was before it was popular, yeah. So maybe they, he was undiscovered talent. He was. He was under, well, I bet actor. he'd been in other things before, but he hadn't been in, like, a sitcom or, like, right. a comedy thing. I feel like that's what made him famous. True. This is a good revelation. So maybe he came back as the funny guy in the other movies because he had established himself as a funny guy in other movies. I realized their mistake in the first one. Okay, a roast that I had was the song. Okay, so there's this musical number where it's like, Merry, 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 Merry Christmas. (laughs) You mean Carol of the Bells? Is that what that's called? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's in like that's the title rolling all that good credit yeah. stuff that they did in older movies. Yes. Um and that's supposedly the carolers are singing that song because it focuses on the carolers and they're singing yeah. it. But it's like this beautiful it's like echoing yeah. like they're playing in the Chicago Symphony Hall. Yeah. And I just thought that was kind of silly. I yeah. was watching it and I was like, that's not realistic. Yeah. They should, they, their voices should be shaking from the cold. There should be some angry kids singing really off-key. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you're gonna go, go for it. And yeah. say carolers are singing our opening title sequence song yes. that we're opening our movie with, go all the way. Yes, I agree. <laughs> um, okay, another thing that I actually liked about kind of the beginning sequence because he was at this Christmas Eve party, Tim Allen is, like, rushing to get home to see his son because he has custody of his son for Christmas Eve, and this is also something I want to get to. Um, he rushes home, and he's on the highway, and he's calling his ex-wife to say that he's running late, and he's, like, <laughs> screaming at other people on the highway and yeah. honking his horn, and there's no one on the highway, and he's just <laughs> saying that to, like, add audio effect yeah. to the phone call to make it seem like traffic is causing him to be late versus... He is the one running late. Um, I just thought that was, like, a really funny dad thing to do. (laughs) Um, And it was just, like, a a funny thing in the movie. Because Tim Allen, I'll I'll give him some credit. Like, he is kind of funny in this movie. And he has some pretty good one-liners in this movie. Um, And another thing that I really liked was that uh, once Scott gets to the house, he sees um, Nora, his wife, his wife's new husband. Um, Neil, who is a psychiatrist and is a total dork. Throughout the whole movie, there's a great dynamic between the two of them of yeah. that, like, 
oh, Neil is the person nobody really likes except Nora. <laughs> yeah. and so everyone makes fun of him for it. And I just think that's really good because I always like to have someone in the room to be the butt of all the jokes. Um, <laughs> but it's mostly one-sided on like the dynamic because Scott's just throwing all the insults at Neil. Well, my next thing, my roast, I just wrote, why do Tim Allen run like a four-year-old girl? <laughs> I don't know exactly what was going through my head, what intellectual thoughts. What scene was that in when he runs head. like a four-year-old? It was when he was going into the house after he's blaring oh, through traffic okay, and he meets yeah. them on the doorstep. Yeah. And he, it's not him as Santa or anything, so he, he doesn't have a fat suit on. It's just <laughs> Tim Allen. Just regular Tim. Just regular Tim. And he runs like... <laughs> it just he does. Now that you silly. say that, I totally yeah. remember him doing that. And another thing, okay, so <laughs> in that scene where... Charlie and Nora are going inside the house with Scott because he's like, oh, come in for a minute. Um, there was a deleted scene in the movie that was removed shortly after its DVD release. Um, so apparently there was a scene in which Laura or is it Laura or Nora? I thought Nora? it was Nora. I'm pretty it's sure Nora. it's Nora. Um, I wrote Laura for some reason. Oh. <laughs> um, Nora hands Scott uh, a slip of paper with Neil's uh, mom's phone number on it because that's where she and Neil are going for their Christmas Eve dinner. Yeah. And and on the paper uh, Scott reads, oh 1-800-SPANK-ME. I know that number. <laughs> and uh, apparently it showed uh, or so someone, um, a child dialed that number and that was an oh, active no. working sex line number. Oh no. Um, and so this caused a phone bill of $400 for the child. Wow. Um, so I'm pretty sure Disney got some heat for that, and so they decided to pull that scene from the movie. It's a good reason um, to pull it. Yeah, I just thought that was honestly pretty out there for a Disney movie. Like, that's yeah, man. a little hanky-panky for is. Disney. Um, I but, wonder, where were the parents when that child was calling 1-800-SPANK-ME? <laughs> well, like, maybe the kid Mom. was about to be spanked. Like, actually, Maybe. like a punishment. He was he like, was I'll line. just call. <laughs> <laughs> like, CPS, like, yeah. like oh, I'll call CPS through 1 800 oh, Spank I me. remember the Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> that must be what that is. <laughs> That's definitely what that is. They mentioned that at one of the They mentioned that. Um, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, they're inside the house. Um, and Nora is talking to Neil about Charlie not believing in Santa anymore because Charlie, who, by the way, is probably five years old in this movie, is like, I don't believe in Santa. Yeah. Santa's for babies. And I'm just like, you are you are a baby. You are five <laughs> years old. It is still okay to believe in Santa. I think he was nine, right? Maybe. Even still, nine is young. Right, You yeah, can still believe in Santa child. at nine years old. Yeah. Um, but... Nora, okay, so Nora says no to Neil telling the truth about Santa, but then says, Neil told Charlie that Santa isn't real. Oh. So I'm just like, which is it, woman? Did he tell <laughs> him? One? Or did he not tell him? Um, but he definitely did. Well, the way he phrased it, which is such a psychiatrist thing to do, <laughs> is that Santa's more of a feeling than a person. Right. yeah. Um, which also is probably one of the dumbest things I've heard before in my life. <laughs> Um, and also another thing that's going on, what kind of divorce lawyer gets you custody time Christmas Eve 
to Christmas morning. Right. Like that 12 hour period because Nora is allowed to come back and pick Charlie up like Super early next morning. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? Tim Allen must have a awful divorce <laughs> lawyer to only get right. him like 12 hours with his son on Christmas. Right. Um, another thing, they are about to have Christmas Eve dinner. Okay, first of all, who does Christmas Eve dinner? You eat the dinner on Christmas, and it's probably, like, 10 at night now. So why would they be having... Like, it's going to take Scott probably a couple hours to get everything ready <laughs> right. for the dinner. And they're just going to be, like, up, up, up all night trying to make the dinner and then eat the dinner. And then it's already going to be Christmas. And then when is Santa going to show up? Like, he's just going to show up and be like, oh, you guys are having dinner. Like, pull me aside to cheer, too. Like, I, time it's, frame, the time frame throughout this entire movie is just completely whack. It leads to a very funny scene, the, oh, that, the dinner leads to a very funny scene where they go into, is it a diner a or Denny's. a restaurant? It's a, a Denny's, Denny's, yeah. And they are there, he's there with all the other yes. dads with their kids. That's okay. a very funny scene. So to me, I, I saw that scene and that was a roast for me. I really? was like, this is so sexist. <laughs> this idea that like, oh, all men can't cook. And right. so all these divorced yep. step or all these divorced fathers take their children to <laughs> Denny's for Christmas Eve dinner. Yep. Um, also, does Denny's stay open till like midnight on Christmas Eve? Because that's probably what time it is like now. Well, true. Close to uh, Denny's yeah, is close know. to being a Waffle House, <laughs> and Waffle House is open until late. But um, I'm just like so rude. And also, there's one dad who has a cast on, and he like waves <laughs> yeah. to Tim Allen, and he's like, "Oh yeah, like I got you. Like I'm a dumb guy who can't cook either. Like we in the club." Honestly, I just felt like that was so offensive. It's definitely appealing to an older like older generation. Yeah, to that sense of humor, like guys don't know how to do anything in the home yeah. you know they're incompetent and yes yeah i agree, I agree. um well i've been spieling for a while what are a couple of other things you noticed within the beginning well <laughs> first of all the line he's not a doctor he's a psychiatrist i wrote that down too <laughs> i love that <laughs> i thought that was very funny yes but um one plot hole I thought was Charlie, you know, he's asking, do I gotta stay? And he's trying to get his mom to come and pick him back up yeah. at, the beginning of, at the beginning of the next day as early yeah. as possible. But as a kid, I would much rather hang out with my cool, funny, sarcastic dad than my stickler mom and stepdad who yes. told me that Santa isn't real. Yeah, that told me Santa's a feeling. Right. Yeah. I just I just didn't think that was very realistic. Unless Charlie himself is a very cynical person. True. And doesn't want to believe in things. But we find out later in the movie that's yeah. not true yeah. at all. So He's very that. apt to believing in things. Right, yeah. And that's a good point because uh scott is scott calvin is definitely like the more fun parent he's very loose he's more kind of like thinking on your feet and he's yeah. very funny whereas his ex-wife and the stepfather are not all that funny and they're yeah. very like strict and severe um but something that charlie mentions later on in the movie when uh they hijack santa's sleigh is charlie says why is everything that i want to do is stupid yeah. Uh, because um, Charlie's like, oh, let's go right on the sleigh. And uh, his dad says, no, that's such a stupid idea. And then mm -hmm. Charlie's like, why is everything I want to do stupid? So mm -hmm. that's probably not the first time that um, 
Scott has told his son that an idea is stupid. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's why, yeah, because he shoots down all of his ideas of things to do or just kind of belittles him sometimes, mm -hmm. um, which as a child would be very frustrating. Yeah. Um, and I do have to, I have to raise a toast. I feel like there's a great setup for this series of events, like the waitress at the Denny's, her name is Judy. Yeah. An elf at the North Pole that they're going to talk to is also named Judy. Mm -hmm. um, they, uh, later on, when they head home after uh, the Denny's dinner, um, Scott reads Charlie the night before Christmas, yeah. and Charlie's like, oh, what's a rose such a clatter? And he's like, <laughs> oh, that's like a big noise came up. Yeah. And then um, when Santa falls off the roof, they climb a ladder that says, a rose such a ladder company. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just felt like that was such a good like lead up. And then also, very, this was definitely very intentional, Scott Calvin, same initials as Santa Claus, mm -hmm. they're both SC. I just feel like that was good attention to detail yeah. on their part. That's good. This is kind of skipping ahead a tiny bit, but getting to the part where Santa falls off the roof. Yeah. So, first of all, I thought this is a very morbid yeah. um, idea for yes. a children's yes. movie. And Santa is dead. Yes. The main character accidentally killed Santa and yeah. he's dead now. But it also reveals a bigger plot hole, which I thought was one of the most significant plot holes in the movie yeah. was that none of the elves seem to be sad yes. that Santa is dead. Yes, none of them are disappointed when this <laughs> complete stranger with a child who for all they know could have been kidnapped right. just appears at the North Pole with yeah. the slain reindeer. With his, just because he has the suit on. Yeah. But don't you think, so this Santa's probably been Santa for a really long time. Yeah. All of these elves are old because we know from the Santa Claus 2 and 3 that he develops relationships with all of yeah. these elves and yeah. their friends and so don't you think they would have been kind of sad honestly that yeah like Scott no killed yeah. their <laughs> there was one elf who was kind of just like peeved it might have just been like he was in a nasty mood already or it yeah. might have been like oh there's a new guy coming around right um but there was one elf who was like giving him some dude when he was like when Scott said, oh, like, where's, who's, like, running this place? And he's like, you are. And he's like, no, who's the boss? And the kid's like, you are, because Santa's the right. boss of the North Pole. Um, but totally, like, no one is upset that Santa has died. And right. some new guy he's has showed dead. up. Again, with a potentially abducted child, which we will get back to later on in the movie, because <laughs> kidnapping does happen in this movie. <laughs> um, another thing about Santa falling off the roof, so... The, so Scott Calvin is sleeping in his house he hears this noise on the roof he runs out with Charlie and he sees Santa first of all literally all Scott says is hey you <laughs> and this Santa who must be the klutziest guy yes. in the world just totally yes. bumbles oh. off the roof I feel like if you're Santa and if he's been Santa for a while right. like, you would have you would be able to walk pretty steadily yes. on a roof and you're mad and can't Santa fly like, because he floats all the... Well, I guess he uses that's the with the bag. bag Yeah, that's fly. with the bag. Also, like, it would be like an electrician sticking a fork into a socket and saying, oops, yeah. and then dying. Yeah. Like, you know better. Like, he knows better. Like, <laughs> he was not caught off surprised by this. Yeah. Um, but, so Santa falls into the snow. We never even really see his face. Um, yeah. And so Scott goes over. He's trying to find identification. He, the, the Santa is making no noise, no movement at all. 
Santa pulls out the card and starts reading it, and then he's looking up at the roof, and then the Santa in the snow just waves by. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, is this Santa dead or not? Because if I fell off a roof and then someone is feeling me up <laughs> under the jacket, I think I'm going to be saying something instead of just lying there and letting it all go down. Right. But he just lets it happen, and then he just, he just waves by. Nothing Maybe at all from Santa. from Santa. Or he'd had some prophecy that said, you're going to die soon. It's time for the next person. Potential. Maybe there's a whole prequel that yeah. we don't even know about. Tim Allen, <laughs> come back. We need you for this prequel. But I don't think it's that he didn't want to be Santa, because in the Santa Claus 3, we find out that there is an escape clause to reverse everything that happened the night you oh, became Santa, so I don't think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe he just knew it was his time. I guess so. He could have warned all the elves, too, that it was his time, so maybe they already mourned over True. Him. And, and you it. know, now that you mention it, it might be like a they prep for this kind of thing, because mm-hmm. they've probably had a turnover of Santas over the decades. Right. It's just like something that, that happens. <laughs> yeah, especially if they can't walk worth a flip on a roof, which is legit probably one of three requirements for the job. Yeah. Um, but whatever. Um, okay. Tim Allen has some great one-liners within the beginning of this movie. Um, when he grabs the bag of toys and starts going into one of the houses, because, spoiler alert, Santa and Charlie get in the sleigh and they fly off and they start delivering presents. Yeah. Um, uh, Charlie's like, oh, you're flying, Dad. And Scott is like, oh, like, I lived through the 60s. I'm used to this. Like, <laughs> yeah. what a, like, total subliminal drug reference yeah. that like they told oh another thing like that's kind of out there for disney like yeah. total drug reference of the 60s and this 1-800 spank me yeah um I feel and like disney's good at that they slip yeah. things in for the parents yeah. so that parents who are taking their kids to see these movies they have something to look forward to, to. Yeah. some dark humor to look forward <laughs> yeah. to and then another thing is later on uh when they're at the north pole scott's talking to bernard the head elf and he was like like you can't make me do this like i have a great attorney but not as good as my wife yeah. and i'm just like okay well he's okay. mentioning he has a sucky attorney because he got that horrible time frame yeah. to do with charlie from christmas eve till early yeah. christmas morning um and then there's another thing that i'm really confused about i want to know the physics behind presence appearing in the bag and it's not yeah. necessarily like the size of the bag and how much can be held in it but that presents are, are just appearing in this bag that he's carrying from house to house because at one point he holds it up to the reindeer and he's like oh there's nothing in this yeah. and then there just suddenly is like is this a portal is this like Mary Poppins some, yeah like some kind of time travel and granted there is an issue as well with size because this bag is probably like i don't know three feet deep or so and he pulls out a whole freaking canoe at one point and puts it under someone's tree. Also, who asks for a canoe <laughs> for Christmas? Yeah, are they just delivering to children? Did a child ask for a canoe? What child asks for a canoe? That was another thing. None of the presents are wrapped. Yeah, that that Every was a big issue that too. They out. <laughs> like, what kind of spoiler alert like is that for the children? Like, that's no fun. <laughs> you need to wrap your presents. Honestly, Santa always wrapped our presents. Yeah. He still does. Santa still comes yep. around the house. Also, uh, if you were a parent and you came downstairs and there was a canoe there that you did not buy... Honestly, would, would they think... not be concerned? <laughs> right. I feel like there would be some kind of issue with that. Yeah. But yeah. I, that would confuse me. I'd be like, where'd this canoe I know. From? I'd be like, where the heck is this from? Yeah, Who broke into our house and left this canoe? <laughs> um, another thing 
when they arrive to the North Pole, no one's out there. They're just standing still like the reindeer have like kind of parked the sleigh. This child comes out and he somehow summons the North Pole uh, and he types in the code and I, and I froze the TV so I could see it. One, two, three, nine. And I really want to know what that means because I doubt it's the latitude and longitude. I wonder, what do you think that means? One, two, to me, that was so I confusing. I thought about that, too, because I was thinking, like, one, two, two, five would make sense. Yeah, because that's, that's Christmas. Christmas. One, two, three, nine. Maybe, it, yeah, because they made a point to focus yeah. on the codes. So, so there would be a reason it for it. One, two, three, nine. That's not that weird thing that's hidden in a lot of Disney. No, that's Pixar movies. Oh, yeah, they movie. do the continuation of stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's how many times they had to film this movie over again. <laughs> because it was so awful. Um, okay, so they're now inside the North Pole. They meet Bernard, who is the head elf um, of the North Pole, other than Santa. And Bernard is calling Charlie Sport. And Charlie makes this whole show of like, oh my gosh, Dad. Like, Bernard is calling me Sport. Because uh, Charlie's dad also calls him Sport. And I'm like... What, what is the big deal? Like, multiple people can call you by the same nickname. That's kind of the point of a nickname, especially right. something sport. as generic as sport. Yeah. <laughs> like, obviously, Charlie just really needs a father figure because he's just latching on to anyone who will yeah. just look at him and give him some attention. Maybe it was the way Bernard said sport. Maybe he just said it very pointedly. He was like, sport. <laughs> that almost sounds pedophilic. Uh, <laughs> I like Charlie was supposed, supposed to get that it was... He was making a reference to Scott. I got maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, is there anything within this scene that like really stood out to you? Of being within the North Pole. In the North Pole, well, <laughs> like besides the nobody caring that Santa's dead, um, just we can talk for a moment about the reindeer CGI that's going yeah. on, the flying reindeer. I don't think those the, are CGI. No, the reindeer the, the reindeer are animatronic. Yes. I'm pretty sure, yes. which is crazy. But yes. then when they're flying through the air, it is like the worst CGI I have yes. ever seen. It's worse than that scene in Harry Potter, in the first Harry Potter, when Neville is flying on his broom. Yeah. And that is saying something. It's worse than that. That CGI was awful. <laughs> yes, okay. Also, I just got to, I hated the animatronic of the reindeer because <laughs> that comes back so hard in the Santa Claus too. Yeah. Like there is a reindeer living at Scott's house in that movie <laughs> and it is so fake. And honestly, you can like see the felt of the puppetry. <laughs> like it's not even that it was convincing for anything like it is legit puppet material. Yeah. Like this, this animatronic is so awful. And then, <laughs> I don't know why this is so funny to me. But there was one scene where one reindeer was just like lifting his mouth up into the air and he's like, Rah. <laughs> I don't know why, but why? I just thought it was so funny. Like they had to put effort into yes. programming that animatronics. They did. <laughs> to do that. Also, just That's a quick shout out, them. there's this little elf girl who's taking care of one of the reindeer in a stall. She is, like, whispering to its ear and brushing it. Like, this girl is giving it her yeah. all in this performance. Yes. She is really selling it. That I felt like she was just putting her heart and soul into That'd this. Maybe this launched her career as being elf girl who 
whispers to reindeer um but i i felt like she needed a shout out because she was yeah. honestly just really selling the whole thing oscar worthy very oscar worthy um i love how as they're walking around the north pole scott refuses to call bernard by his name and calls him like yeah five other different <laughs> yeah. names he's just funny. like bertrude or just like <laughs> Benjamin, or just, yeah. like, other absurd names. Not that Benjamin is absurd, but it's definitely not Bernard. Yeah. Um, I just thought that was really funny how he kept doing that, because I feel like that can also be a dad thing, is to just, like, yeah. intentionally not call people by their name. Yeah. Um, and there's something that really confused me. I get that there's a play on words with clause, because there's C-L-A-U-S-E, and there's C-L-A-U-S. Yeah. And C-L-A-U-S is Santa Claus the person. Yeah. This movie is the Santa Claus with the E on clause. That kind of clause is like they, they mention it in the movie because there is a legal clause that Santa has to follow because he put on the suit. Right. And I'm, I'm really confused on why they used that for the title of this movie because I feel like it could go either way. Santa Claus. Like, did they really intentionally think this through to use the clause with an E? I feel it, like they did it. It makes sense because the Santa Claus could be a movie about anything. Because Santa, it could just be a movie about Santa. Okay. And I'm sure there so well, there are a lot of movies about Santa. Yeah. So if you put the E on it, it makes it very specific to this movie. That's the original idea okay. of the movie yeah. is that it's based around Tim Allen becomes Santa Claus because of the Santa Claus. Okay. And that's the unique part of the movie. Very good. Okay. I think that explains it then. That's yeah. a very good explanation. Um, another thing that goes on within the North Pole, um, Scott says... Um, when Bernard tells him, like, oh, you have to be Santa, and Scott's like, well, what if I don't even believe in Santa? And then, like, the whole area goes silent, yeah. and we get a pan of all of the different elves around. <laughs> there is this adorable little yes. baby so sitting cute. on the floor. Oh, with, my gosh. Like, he looks like he just pooped his pants twice. <laughs> like, he is so sad. Oh, my gosh, And so cute. I need to know something, because age is different here. Yeah. Like, Judy who is this little like wench mistress elf <laughs> whose cool. sole job is to bring hot chocolate to santa um, and inspire him <laughs> inspire him words. how by bringing With him red pajamas words. whatever um but judy mentions she's like 1200 years old yeah and bernard is the head elf and he looks older yeah. so he's older than judy how old is this baby is this like, baby following, like, the right-to-work law? Like, th this baby better be of age. <laughs> if it's in the workshop, it can easily get hurt. If its diaper is too heavy, it could fall somewhere. Like, is this baby covered? I feel like this baby is not safe here at the North Pole. It's like Baby Yoda. Yes, like, like Baby Yoda. Yeah. Say Not very safe. Extremely cute. Um, I'm highly concerned for this baby's well-being. Yeah, also, too. who I'm let their concerned. baby be in this dangerous, um, terrible movie? Uh, I don't <laughs> know how wise of a movie that was. Um, also, did they... The baby had elf ears, didn't The they? baby did, did have elf ears. Did they have, have to ears. glue elf ears onto a baby? On it, I was wondering about that because I was like, is it some kind of thing that they just 
hook onto the ear or what did no. they do because that poor baby probably was freaking yeah, out if i were a baby i would not be <laughs> not that's why the baby looks so sad probably. baby looks so sad because it has these weird elf ears yeah. on it well i had a toast for the north pole okay and that was the sleigh bed that they slept in was incredible that was a cool i want bed. to sleep in that sleigh bed yes. <laughs> it was squishy it was big mm -hmm. i i discovered a new need and that's a sleigh bed <laughs> from the north that's pole. a very i thought yeah that's a very nice sleigh bed yeah um <laughs> one last thing about the north pole and then we can move on to when they return back home i i thought it was a nice thing to add this is a toast um judy says and i hope i got it right because i still don't completely understand it for sure seeing isn't believing believing is seeing yeah that's probably the only message a child could take away from the whole mm -hmm. movie uh, but I thought that was just a nice little thing to add into the movie. Mm -hmm. Something sentimental, I don't know. Yeah, also, this good. is coming from Judy, the mistress wench. So <laughs> She was so cool. Her hair was beautiful. She's very... I don't know. Like She almost seems exotic to me. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's like... I don't kudos to that child actress because I believe that she was twelve hundred years old. She was just wise as heck. <laughs> she gave off an aura like like if I met Moses. That's probably <laughs> She was Moses you, level. Yeah. Oh. That's probably what you Moses is up in heaven right now being like, Don't you dare compare me to Judy from the Santa Claus. <laughs> oh my gosh, Rebecca. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> never in my life would I have connected those two together. Um, granted, Judy is a wise person. She even comes back in the Santa Claus 2. Yeah. Continuing her role of bringing hot chocolate to Santa. Um, <laughs> so, I... That's they also keep... very old-fashioned. Yeah. Why does she have to bring hot chocolate to Santa? Why can't it be Bernard? Tim Allen and yeah. get it yourself. Oh, true. Tim <laughs> Allen can freaking move. He's got legs at work. We know because Rebecca's attracted to him. Um, but so we fast forward. They get back to um, home. I couldn't come up with anything for when they return home. Was there anything that stood out to you when they return home? Well, I just thought the scene, this was another toast, was when Charlie was trying, well, I guess it's, yeah, because they return home when Tim Allen wakes up. Yeah. Right. They don't actually, like, see them. There's no returning. visual of them actually traveling home. Right. They're somehow magically transported back to their house. Right. And I just thought it was funny when Charlie tries to wake up Tim Allen, and he's, like, jumping on the bed or whatever, and Tim Allen says, go make some coffee. <laughs> I just thought that was very realistic. It reminded very me realistic. Of that, and just <laughs> funny that he would even expect a child to know how to make <laughs> yeah, coffee. Right. Um, but seeing as how terrible line. of a father he is, he's probably showed Charlie how to make coffee <laughs> for when he asked. Because, like with Judy, he expects <laughs> people to serve him drinks. drinks. <laughs> um, he can't do his own hot drinks. Um eventually so time passes or, or well Nora comes to pick up Charlie Charlie tells his other parents that he he went to the North Pole yeah. they don't believe it they're mildly intrigued concerned by yeah. this um, Charlie has a career day at his school and he brings in his dad and he says my dad is Santa Claus yeah. um, and Tim or Scott Calvin shakes it off a little bit and he's like well I'm like Santa because um, we both make toys and we work hard to make kids happy. Yep. Um, and someone says the word elf and the teacher is like, 
we don't say elf, we say little people. <laughs> and then Charlie's like, Charlie then uses the word elf, and she's like, whatever. And yeah, I'm just like, what? If this it. teacher is really that PC and is gonna fight for this, the kids to say the right term, what? Well, why did she just like write off this second time someone uses right. the word? She's just like, oh well, whatever. It's a lost cause. Maybe she likes whatever. Charlie more. Maybe she does like Charlie more, and she's like, that guy, he can get away with whatever. whatever. Um, and then right after that, because some kid threatens to kick Tim Allen off of a roof in order to become Santa. Yep. Um, they're, they have to meet with the principal and Tim Allen is talking with the principal um, and he's like oh wait, I'm so sorry where did I go? Oh, Neil is saying when they're starting to discuss things, Neil's like can I go first? After all I am a doctor. He says it almost exactly like that. Yep. What kind of ego trip is yep. Neil on? Like and then, of course, we have the line, he's not a doctor, he's a psychiatrist. <laughs> um, I was just like, how high of a pedestal is Neil on to be like, I deserve to go first because I'm a doctor. Yeah. Like, I, That just seems so egotistical of him. It is. And then, um, I'm, I was so thrown by the fact that Char um, Nora and Neil are dead set on crushing Charlie's dreams right. of believing in Santa. Yeah. Because this continues for the rest of the movie. They are insistent upon Charlie not believing in Santa. Yeah. Charlie is still a child. He is still maintaining his innocence. Let it go. Like, I would, you know, try and convince Charlie that his other father isn't Santa, that Scott isn't Santa, yeah. but that's there is a Santa that is real. Like, why can't they just let him have this fantasy it seemed so cruel right. that they were trying to squash his dreams yeah that was that was something that stuck out to me a lot it's just how upset they're getting that charlie believes in santa claus and has this idea that seems like a normal yeah. thing for a kid to go through and i guess that they think they mentioned that it's because charlie genuinely believes that he went to the north pole and he had all of these experiences yeah. and if they if they think there's no way that Santa's real. This isn't a real thing. And so he had some sort of hallucination. Yeah. Or they think that's a problem, that he's delusional or something. But yeah. I don't know. It did, It seemed kind of silly to me yeah. that how upset they were getting. Because Charlie wasn't really It's not like he was going crazy. crazy. Yeah, yeah, he was just talking about how he loved Santa. And yeah, I don't know. Had a yeah. fun trip to the North Pole. So and then I, maybe a part of it is that Charlie is now showing signs of obsession towards his dad mm. when for so long Charlie has favored his other parents more yeah so I think maybe there's some kind of issue there with oh now he doesn't like us all that much anymore so we have to squash whatever reason he does like his real dad yeah now. yeah um I think maybe that's a piece of it yeah um so it, it is post-Christmas. The timeline for the rest of the movie is terrible because yeah. <laughs> we are not given any direction as to how much time is shifting because back at the North Pole, Bernard said, you'll have to be back here by Thanksgiving. Yeah. So you yeah, have 11, 11 months to get your affairs in order. We have no concept of how much time is shifting because after like the teacher scene... We eventually go back to Scott's company. Scott is gaining weight. He's yeah. starting to take on the physical form of Santa. 
and at work they're working on a pitch for the next big Christmas toy and I'm like is this not the beginning of the year it is too early even for a toy company to be working on their next on the big next Christmas, Christmas toy already day. yeah um so I'm trying to figure out what time of year it is <laughs> then like after that Charlie's playing soccer in the park and Santa's wearing a full-on sweater yeah and there are other parents like Nora shows up in a t-shirt and jeans and I'm like well is it cold <laughs> is it winter time already or is this spring or what is going on because this... the, there's no timeline whatsoever of how these events are occurring and to me that was a huge issue within the movie yeah that was kind of weird they didn't yeah I didn't even realize that that much time was passing I was thinking oh it's a couple weeks the yeah. immediate transformation that's happening after he's had this experience then I realized oh they're going to have to like have a whole 11 months go by yeah. so that by the end of the movie he can become the Santa Claus and yes. embrace that so it was kind of weird it yeah. was a little bit disjointed the way that they did the passing of time yeah I had a problem with the scene when Tim Allen has gained some weight, yes. a little bit of weight, and he goes into work, and everyone acts like it's the end of the world. Yes. Like, Tim Allen, you're so fat. They yes, like, Tim like fat shame. Scott, you're so fat. And, and they get him, they tell him to go and lose weight yeah, again like go because visit he can't a doctor. do his job. Yeah. It's like just because he's put on a few pounds all of a sudden doesn't mean that he's less capable of doing his job. Honestly. That was annoying. <laughs> I didn't even pick up on that, but that is an issue. Yeah. That just because he's gained weight. Granted, he shows up to a very professional setting in sweats, <laughs> right? which I think which is an I issue. I understand. Um, yes. But he does wear a suit jacket on top of his sweatshirt. I'll fine. give him points for that. <laughs> Maybe he was wearing dress shoes and not slippers. Um, but that is an issue. Yeah. Some serious fat shaming going yeah. on. Yeah, and when he's ordering desserts, they're all looking at him with this horrified look. Like, how dare you eat dessert? How dare you order dessert? Leave when him alone. The one chick is like, oh, I'll have a salad and dressing on yeah. the side. Like, well, sorry you're boring. Yeah, sorry you live <laughs> a terrible life. Oh, and then another thing, when Santa's at the soccer game, there are kids lining up to sit on Santa's lap. Yeah. Which is something you do come Christmas time. You right. wouldn't just do that in the middle of the year. Yeah, they wouldn't even be thinking about Santa, yeah. probably. And, like, the way, like, the environment itself, like, things are still green and, like, thriving. It looks like it's alive. It doesn't look like it's dead. So I'm just so confused about where everything is as far as that goes. Because yeah. kind of coming up, um, Santa gets his list. And the FedEx, poor FedEx guy, which is this, like, <laughs> older man, and he's like, yep. oh, I'll bring in your boxes, brings in hundreds, hundreds. of boxes so within many. Santa's house. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here's my issue. There is no method revealed to how Santa is checking this list, because all that yeah. is delivered are the sheets with names on them. Yeah. In other Santa movies, we get a glimpse of how Santa is checking on kids, like, yeah. In the stop motion, uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. There was a magic snowball he looked into. Yeah. And Fred Claus, there was a giant snow globe that he would look into and say a name and he could see a child. There was nothing with this. Yeah. But he seems to memorize people's names. Yeah, he just and he, knows. Yeah, and he, he knows a woman's name. Yeah. Like a grown woman. <laughs> yeah. He's walking on the street and he <laughs> says like, oh, 
very naughty. Like, yeah. to this, like, attractive woman. She's like a grown... Why would she be on Santa's list? Because Santa's right. only for children, right. not adults. Yeah. Is there an age limit for Santa? I or does like he just know be. everybody? Maybe he does know everybody. But even still, like, the way it looked in that movie, it made it seem like he was practicing memorization of kids. Yeah. So I was thrown off by the fact he memorized an adult's name. So are we elevating Santa Claus to being, like, omniscient? Ooh. Like, is Santa Claus, like, God? He, he has magical powers. Everybody and knows everything about them. That would seem like a lot of power for That one seems like dude. a lot of power for Tim Allen. That, yeah, I'm a Tim little Allen scared. And that then in Shaggy Dog, he can turn into a dog. So. <laughs> he has everything. He has everything. <laughs> um, that is kind of scary. Um, another thing that I was really. that kind of threw me for a loop. Um, Nora and Neil have decided to take legal action against Scott because they are so upset about Charlie's obsession with Santa, and so they're trying to take sole custody of Charlie, mm -hmm. and they're talking about when they stopped believing in Santa Claus, and Nora's like, I wrote a letter to Santa, like, once a week for the whole year to yep. get the mystery date board game. Yeah. And she doesn't get it. Right. How cruel is Santa yeah. that he does not give her the one thing she is specifically requesting for? Is that the Santa who fell off the roof? I'm Maybe. thinking there's this whole prequel that they that, that they're they missing out on. That there's this horrible Santa that all the elves hate. Yes. Or something. He's really bad at being Santa. He never wanted to be Santa. Yes. Yes. And maybe he didn't know about the escape clause. Maybe he didn't. Know. Maybe he didn't know. And all the elves hate him and that's why they're not sad that he's dead. That's why Nora didn't get her mystery date game and Neil didn't get his weenie, weenie whistle. whistle. Oh, and then, okay, I think about that. He says, I was three and it was a weenie whistle. He is three years old. How could he possibly put two and two together about Santa when he is three years old? Yeah. Did his parents, like, actually tell him just because they didn't get him a weenie whistle, which probably cost 25 cents at the yeah. time? Like, what, what, it, uh, uh, that whole thing threw me for a loop, because I was like, he was only three, and he wanted a whistle, so there's no way he figured it out on his own at three years old. Yeah. It must have been someone told him at three years old. Another theory as to why he didn't get his weenie whistle, and why she didn't get her mystery date game, mm -hmm. is maybe those toys are licensed. <laughs> Like, does Santa make original toys? Do the elves make original toys? And they can't give licensed things. Licensed Made things. by, like, a company. Yeah, like, if I asked Santa for the movie Tangled, <laughs> would he be able to give that to me? How? He would get you, like, They're the knockoff movies lines. that you can find at Walmart. <laughs> um, it would be called, like, Knotted or something. <laughs> But that's just, a great point. Yeah. Because I don't know if that's in his capacity to right. do. Does Santa have contracts, like, with the Walmart? Because that, to me, that's a legal issue. Yeah. That he would have to face repercussions right. for. Like, if he gave a child the weenie whistle, is Oscar Mayer going to say, Santa, what are you doing? That's well, our weenie whistle. <laughs> <laughs> Later on, How he does you? give the weenie whistle and the mystery date against Nora true. and Neil. So, you must be able to, you know, 
skate around it somehow. Maybe by that time, those things weren't copyrighted anymore. True. It's like when movies enter the public domain. <laughs> yes, yes. The weenie whistle had entered the public, the public domain. domain. As, well, as well as the mystery as date well game. As well as the mystery date game. <laughs> Why do I keep coming back to this point? I said a toast was, honestly, Tim looks really good as Santa. Very endearing. <laughs> I was really stuck on that point. Oh my gosh, Rebecca. <laughs> How many times did I, you write that down? I would, like, I think that was the only other time. But as an ex-wife of someone, if I saw my ex-husband turning into a jolly, <laughs> chubby, nice old man who's suddenly more interested in our son, I would be like, heck Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Rebecca. Good for you, man. Oh my gosh. I would be extremely concerned for his health because something I wrote down, Scott goes to the doctor's office after that confrontation at work yeah. and he's he's like, I've gained 45 pounds within the last week. That is that's all, that's like five pounds more. Than, no, that's like five, six pounds, six a, pounds day. a day. Yeah. And he asks, well, what does your diet consist of? And he's like, Milk and cookies. How much, like, what is the quantity of milk and cookies, cookies to get you to six pounds a day? And it's going to be lot. more cookies than milk because he says, sometimes I don't finish all the milk. Right. So it's probably more cookie a than milk. But even still, milk is pretty fattening. And yeah. there is a physical limit to how much milk you can drink before you die. <laughs> right, before you die. Before, <laughs> before you die. There so, was someone who died from that. Yes, and they talk about On Parks and Rec. <laughs> in that episode where Leslie Nope is doing the telethon, she's like, I'm going to drink eight glasses of milk. <laughs> yeah. And Ann Perkins comes on and she's like, no, you're not. That will kill you. But I just, I really want to know how much milk and cookies do you have to eat to gain 45 pounds? That's a lot. Within one week. What if it's like a combination, though, of the Santa Claus with an E magic plus the cookies? Because he's probably, gaining weight to transform into Santa. And that, that would make sense because there's no real physical explanation for his sudden hair growth right, for his, his beard, beard or yeah. turning, like his hair turning white. Yeah. Um. So I feel like that would definitely be part of the magic. Yeah. But I was just completely blown away and we never even other than his complete binge fest at the office <laughs> lunch we never see, even see him eating milk and cookies no. yeah. like that's never even a, so i don't really know if i believe that's what he's been eating every day for the past week yeah um yeah. maybe they just didn't want to show that maybe that's taboo because of fat shaming culture they didn't true. want him to be a less appealing hero of the story true show him that would <laughs> maybe that would be sad for the yeah, kids. Right. Um. So we're at the we're at the legal proceedings. Um. And the judge says, um, as of today, I'm taking away your visitation rights, Scott, from visiting Charlie. Within the hour, Scott is walking to Charlie's house to visit him. Yep. Was yep. he deaf in this moment? He's, He's just care. like, oh, I can't see Charlie anymore. Well, I'll stop Let's by his house. And honestly, that just threw me for a loop because I was like, what is going on with Santa? Like, obviously he know. well, granted, maybe this was, he had already formed the plan of kidnapping Charlie because this is what's going to happen next. Yeah. He goes inside. Nora and Neil are like, okay, you can have five minutes with him. Yeah. 
That's so and then, horrible. Honestly, it's really sad. It's really sad. Um, this movie really is a sad movie. Yeah. If you really pay attention, it's sad. a sad movie. Um, but I gotta say, Scott tells Charlie, he's like, I don't really know if I'm Santa. Like, I don't really know if I believe that I'm Santa. How else could you possibly <laughs> explain what is happening to him? He has gained tremendous weight. <laughs> He has lost all sense of dressing himself because he only wears red sweaters. Yeah. <laughs> he has grown beards multiple times. In like one second. Within seconds yeah, he grows right, a beard. Right. His <laughs> hair has no turned completely white. Kids have this gravitation towards him. Reindeer follow him on the street in one scene. How could you possibly <laughs> have a doubt yeah. that you have not turned into Santa? Yeah. There's, there's a very interesting and deep kind of message that is hidden in here something to think about is if someone ha has already predetermined a conclusion how much are they willing to miss out on how much are they willing to rationalize or like just dismiss just because they aren't willing to accept the conclusion true and i think we see that in a lot just to get deep i think we see that in a lot of society today is That's because a very good point. like with religion if people say if people say there's no god there's no way i could possibly ever believe there's a god that's not a reality then if there's evidence of god in different things they could just like completely ignore it yeah i don't know i just think that happens with a lot of stuff if you are already determined that something is the truth yeah and you don't want to see the other side at all, then you're willing to rationalize a lot of stuff away that doesn't make any sense. That's a really good uh, point. Deep analyzation. That is yeah. probably the most profound thing we will take away from this movie. <laughs> that has ever been said about the Santa Claus. <laughs> so Santa is with Charlie, and I guess he finally decides to accept he's Santa because he kidnaps Charlie. He, he just kids out of the blue. He disappears. I guess it's that Santa magic because... <laughs> He doesn't have his sleigh, so I don't know how he got to the North Pole. That is never explained to us, because his sleigh is at the North Pole. Right. So I don't know how he got how to the North Pole again. And <laughs> another thing that I completely missed, um, but eventually realized, the day he kidnaps him is Thanksgiving. Because when he's, like, stalking outside the window looking into Charlie's house, there's a turkey on the table. And granted, these are the same exact psychos who decide to have a Christmas Eve dinner. <laughs> um, so it could have been Christmas Eve dinner. Um, but it is Thanksgiving. So this is technically Santa's deadline to get back oh, to the North Pole. Yeah. So he knows he, um, he's going for good, I guess. Yeah. Um, so he takes Charlie and... How Aren't they delivering presents really soon after that? Though? Yes. And that's another what? thing because... <laughs> For the longest time, I because I didn't notice it was Thanksgiving, I was convinced that this was Christmas Eve. Yeah, that's that what they I was flew thinking. to the North Pole, did very quick preparation. Yeah, and were flying back out right the next day. Right. Um, but that because it's not Christmas Eve and it's Thanksgiving, I have a huge concern. So this is Thanksgiving, which usually lies around the twenty fifth or so. Mm -hmm. Christmas Eve is the twenty fourth. Scott has kidnapped Charlie for, for a month? whole month. That is 
And the police, the only thing the police do is they set up a freaking recording thing of the telephone in Nora and Neil's house so that they can record any conversations. And Charlie only calls their house once. I would have liked to have thought the police just might, might scrap up the money to go to the North Pole. Yeah. Just to see if Charlie's there. Because if this was a lunatic who believed he was Santa... Don't you think the first place you would go would be to the North Pole? Right. Honestly, and no one, no one does. No one goes to the North Pole. Can you even get to the North Pole? I feel like you could. I feel like it is a possibility. Yeah. I mean, Santa makes it to the North Pole. So <laughs> right. There, there is a way. Um, but I could. Santa legit kidnaps Charlie for a whole month. No one does anything except set up this stupid recording of the telephone within Charlie's house. That blew me away that no one does anything about this missing child. That's crazy. And that also shows that Scott would not be thinking rationally at Mm -hmm. all because, like, his mother would be so worried about him. Yeah. It would, that's a genuinely horrible thing to do Mm -hmm. to a parent. Yeah. take their child away from them for that i always thought it was just like one night yeah and that's what i thought too because that would make it kind of different different circumstances but it was a whole month that's crazy the timeline is definitely the timeline is definitely whack yeah um so there's a so now they're at the north pole charlie is with santa working in the shop and multiple times santa asks this question what happens if I fall off the roof? No one ever answers this question. <laughs> he will legit ask it in front of multiple people. No one says anything. No one says anything to Santa. No one even acknowledges the question until right before, right on Christmas Eve, Comet the reindeer makes some like belt for Santa in case he falls off. Yep. And then Santa's like, oh, weird. you made this for me? And Comet's an animatronic comet is like (laughs) how does comet make a belt that was what i was gonna how could comet have possibly made this freaking belt for santa and like i'm just oh my gosh maybe all of the reindeers have they can each make an item of clothing Maybe that's a superpower that we don't know. They are about. made of felt, so yeah. honestly, they could be they making. They could be tailors. They only have to fly one night a year. What are they doing the other 394 days? Probably pooping and moving their mouths to make weird noises. Making clothes. <laughs> making clothes. They are one of the elves in secret. They yeah. used to be elves. Oh my gosh. They're the elves, reindeer like, were bad elves, and Santa oh, no. used his magic. Because in Santa Claus 2, it is revealed Santa has magical powers. And the old Santa, who the mean Santa, yeah, right. turned the bad elves into reindeer. Wow. I can't believe this. That's crazy. We need that prequel. We need a prequel. We need that prequel. We are officially calling Tim Allen. Prequel. Tim Allen, Let if me you're pull 1-800-SPANK-ME. See if Tim Allen will answer. Tim Allen is copyrighted 1-800-SPANK-ME. No one call number. that number. Please don't. Yeah, please don't. I wonder if it's still working. If someone wants to call them, please let me know if they're still working. I just want to know. I just, I just want to know. Someone's going to um, get charged $400. They're not sending it to me. That is your own bill. How did they make you pay that money, by the way? I just uh, Probably some kind of liability thing, because they're supposed to use fake numbers in movie, like the 555. Yeah. 
What? But if you, but like those hotlines, the one eight hundred thank me. Let's say where the kid got charged money. Yeah. To call that, how did they? Because you could just call and hang up, and they would never be able to. He must have had a long conversation. Because <laughs> a one isn't a one eight hundred number usually free. Right, like toll free. Yeah. Yeah. So he must have had a long conversation, and they charge by the minute. How can they enforce that though? Why don't? You, what's stopping you from just hanging up? I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> they must track the phone number. Oh. Well, that and CPS probably came right probably. afterwards, and that <laughs> yeah. probably cost some money too. Um, so Santa is now ready for Christmas Eve. He and Judy, Bernard, Charlie, and like this ginger Irish elf um, who has suddenly appeared out of nowhere are walking down this long hall and this is the lowest point of the movie for me they are dancing to this rock song and they do this weird fist bump dance yeah. where like they take a step, fist bump, fist bump take a step, fist bump, fist bump and then they just keep walking and they almost all do it synchronized I was so lost like what possessed them what possessed the director to be like hey you know what we're doing right now dancing like that is not what this movie is about i felt like that was so off key granted in the santa claus 2 elizabeth mitchell who becomes mrs claus yeah. has a whole dancing during the credits where she's just busting a move so maybe the director is obsessed with impromptu dances i don't know if I were a director, I would try to put one dance scene in every movie that I made. Honestly, <coughs> what's a good movie without a dance scene? True. <laughs> All of my things are so stupid. I said, why is the moon so big in the North Pole? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Just because it's the North Pole doesn't make it any closer to the moon <laughs> than any other place on Earth. The that's like, do you know the book Life as We Knew It? Yes. Where the uh, the moon comes closer to the moon. Earth. Yeah. It comes closer to Earth, and everyone dies. Yeah. Because it messes everything up on Earth. I liked that book series. Yeah, that was a good book. That was a good book. But that's what it's like. Yeah. That moon is it's larger huge. than it is yeah. supposed to be. <laughs> they would all be dead. So I just don't understand. That didn't make sense to me. And also, like, <laughs> what is the time zone of the North Pole? Because more, like, because when Scott's going to fly to the United States soon, and it's, is it going to be night there already, too? Because I feel like there would be at least a few hours difference, and he wouldn't be leaving late in the night. He would be trying to leave as early as he possibly can. Is it, is it one of those places where it's just dark all the time? Because aren't there some places in Alaska where Mm -hmm. there's only one hour of sun a day or something? Yeah, like in the wintertime, there's very little sun, and in the summer, it's almost only sun. Right. Maybe it's that kind of way. Yeah. We need a scent. Whoever is calling one eight hundred spank me, go to North Pole, find <laughs> out know. if it's always dark. Yeah. If the moon is really bigger there, <laughs> just please let us know. We're dying to figure it out. Yeah. Um. So it's now Christmas Eve. Santa's flying out. I thought it was really cool how he visits the same girl he visited when he put on the suit at the beginning of the movie. Because um, when Scott Calvin visited this girl, he was very short with her. He was very rude. Like, if you don't go to sleep and shut up, like, I'm not leaving you this yeah. toy. <laughs> um, he revisits the same girl. I just thought that was, like, nice to tie yeah. the movie together and that see the transition. Moment. Because 
now he's very nice to the girl. Yeah. And the girl remembered he was lactose intolerant. Yep. That, was that so merits nice. an extra gift to yeah, me that, that she so remembered good. that. That because uh, and also the parents too. Like they deserve a gift for that yeah, because they went out and bought soy milk. <laughs> they went out and bought soy milk for Santa because <laughs> yeah. the daughter's like Oh, Santa's lactose intolerant. Like, they're really playing along for right. her. Like, kudos to right. them. And did Defin- they not wonder where she got that idea? Honestly. That's a very strange thing for a child to say. Yeah. If my child just, <laughs> if I was talking to them about Santa, and she just said, did you know Santa's lactose intolerant? Yeah. My first question would be, where did you yeah. hear that? <laughs> what conspiracy yes. theory websites are you reading? Reading in 1994. <laughs> reading in 19, yeah, really. What conspiracy When the internet is, like, just born. Um, okay, when they're, so after they visit that girl's house, they're flying up in the air. Charlie, from thousands of miles up in the air, says, look, there's Mom and Neil's house. I'm sorry. Did living in the North Pole for a month give you supervision? How could you possibly be able to tell where your mom's house is from thousands of miles up in the sky? I don't think so. You're not even wearing glasses, kid. That was just like, that was too much. Um, the green screen work on that was pretty good, that though. Was good. It did look pretty realistic. Yeah. Um, also, the fact that they had the sleigh have a button that slides out with a cookie. Mm. I thought that was well done, too. That was too. very well done, yeah. Like um, the DVD, or the CD. Yeah, I could yeah. tell that the hot chocolate that it made, because the sleigh has a button for making hot chocolate, that did not look like hot chocolate to me. That looked like some kind of chunky, nasty mess. <laughs> I, I did not think it was real hot chocolate. That was like Judy didn't make it. It's because Judy didn't make it. Yeah. Clearly, she is the mistress wench for a reason. Yes. <laughs> um, so... They fly to Charlie's house, and I guess the police are staking out the house because yeah. Santa goes down, he's leaving presents under the tree, and when Santa's br- arrested and brought out of the house, there are just all these kids out on the yep. street. What is up with their parents? Like, they're just letting their kids roam free on Christmas <laughs> Eve? Like, why wouldn't... This would be the exact time to be like... Oh, like, you need to be in bed. And it almost seems like some of the parents are bringing their children out. As if, like, oh, see this, your childhood hero's getting arrested. Right, yeah. I could not wrap my head around that. I was, that just seemed... Like, leave your kids inside. Leave your kids inside. What kind of horrible parents are you? I just don't get it. And, or sorry, are you going to say something? I was just going to say, I thought it was kind of weird how easily Santa went down. Yeah. (laughs) He just, he... Scott was like, okay, that's yeah, fine, like, arrest this. me. Yeah. <laughs> you would think there would be some kind of protocol for that, like yeah. Santa could, because for a man who breaks into houses yes. for a living, he trespasses for a living, you would think there would be some kind of protocol, like yeah. if police get called, yeah. or I don't know. Well, technically there is a yeah. support staff that that's we're going to get to, because they come up in a roast yes. for me, very big <laughs> issue with them. Um okay so now now that we're on that the elves which stands for effective liberating flight squad fly from the north pole in jetpacks to bust santa out of jail okay they are flying with jetpacks from the north pole to somewhere in the united states they get there within minutes how fast are these jetpacks so fast to get there within minutes because for a plane it would take 
hours <laughs> to get from the U.S. to the North Pole. Right. And these kids, do they not get frostbite just flying through the air that fast? Like, the the wind is cold. Wind right. is cold. They have no goggles. I feel like the wind would be freaking freezing their eyes open. <laughs> I was... Uh, Maybe they teleported from the North Pole to right outside the police station and then they just jetted into the police station. I don't think so because they back. fly out of the North Pole. It shows that's them flying. True. Oh, yeah. With very do. bad special effects. Yeah. Flying out <laughs> that's of the true. Literally, I, I feel like they went so and got bad. the kids from a Circus Olay show and they're just like, hey, can you do a couple of flips on the wires? And they're like, yeah, because legit, all that they do is they completely extend out their hands and then they flip over a couple. <laughs> <laughs> they flip over a couple times in the air, and then that's really it for flying for them. Because they, I guess they fly at the speed of freaking light in order to get to the jail on time. Also, what is, I feel like this would have transpired over hours, and this would have completely thrown off Santa's trail for delivering presents off, yeah. off track. Yeah. Because this is a huge time waster. Right. Well, Charlie says... When Neil is asking him how does Santa deliver all those presents in one one night, Charlie says maybe it's some sort of space time continuum where like True. time freezes and it is like a different timeline kind yeah. of thing that Santa is on. And we don't know the speed of Santa's sleigh necessarily, yeah. so maybe it. Like maybe they use the jetpack science. The same technology. Yeah, the same technology. Of course, then why would there be the reindeer? Right. What's the point of the reindeer? Yeah. Design a jetpack that flies at the speed of light. (laughs) Maybe it was. It's just a punishment for the bad elves. That were turned into reindeer. Yeah. Um, And another thing about Charlie asking to go to his house, I feel like that's bad. Like, because. Santa probably has a route to follow. Right. So he just completely disregards the route to be like, oh, we'll skip over all of these houses just to stop at your mom's house. Right. To me, that doesn't make any sense that he would completely disregard the route. Yeah, that's weird. Okay. They're (laughs) at jail. Well, actually, no. Well, I can't remember how it goes in the movie, but the elves first go to pick up Charlie at Charlie's... uh, Excuse me. At Charlie's house. Charlie is sitting on the roof of the house. Santa told the police when the police arrested him, Charlie was on the roof. Yeah. No one no went one to get Charlie. Charlie. No one checked the roof. You no one did anything. Charlie is the priority. Yeah. You know, that's kind of the whole point. Yeah. But no one, no <laughs> one goes care. up to the roof. As soon as they have no, Scott. No one does anything <laughs> to go and find Charlie, who is legit on the roof right just Char- sitting there not Charlie's doing just anything chilling up there on, and no one does anything that yeah. that blew me away <laughs> so far away all the way to the north pole that i needed a jetpack to fly back here <laughs> um also santa uh, santa also told the popo that charlie was in the sleigh he said charlie was in the sleigh so yeah. i feel like that is even a bigger thing to be like oh he's on the roof because, oh, wh- where is the sleigh going to be? In the garage? I, right. I don't think so. They it's know. not going to be in the they garage. It's going to be on the roof. roof. <laughs> and I feel like they would have seen the sleigh, too. So yeah. they would have noticed Charlie. Because there are a ton of police there to right. arrest Santa. Yeah, I guess they had nothing better to do. Because <laughs> there are probably ten police officers 
hidden within the house. Yeah. So I don't know why a single one of them didn't go up to the roof. Was the sleigh actually on the roof? Because all I remember, I just remember Charlie sitting there. Did the reindeer fly away? I can't remember. I don't know. No, because they the when they go back to his house, the sleigh is there. Oh, okay. So it's it's still there. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, just hanging out, waiting. <laughs> but we cut to a scene of Santa in an interrogation room mm-hmm. with this, yep. you know, typical deputy police guy, and he's trying to get Santa to say his real name, which is Scott Calvin. Yeah. And Santa <laughs> only uses other names for Santa, yeah. like Papa Chris Noel, Chris Kringle. And the police guy says, well, maybe a couple of hours in the tank will soften you up. (laughs) The tank is a jail cell. A regular jail cell. There's a bench. There's a toilet. There's no one else in his jail cell, so there's no prison rape going down. Right. This is a very cushy cell. Yeah. I don't know why they call it the tank, because... He's He's not in, like, an isolation ward. There is another prisoner a couple cells down that we get to see. Right. So. It was a pretty nice jail cell. Yeah. A a couple hours in the tank isn't going to do all that much. What it's really going to affect is his timeline for delivering all of these presents. That's the biggest issue that's going on with the tank. Time is just messed up in this Time movie. has absolutely no significance in this movie. (laughs) Um, So the elves find Charlie on the roof. They bring him to the jail cell. I spotted this huge detail to me. Well, to me, it's huge. (coughs) (coughs) They hack. Um, Just kidding. Sorry, excuse me. Um, When they get into the jail cell, there's this typical fat cop eating a donut at the desk. He's reading a Harlequin romance novel (laughs) at the desk. That was very funny. Of all things, I just feel like what a great selection for a Disney movie to make the cop read a Harlequin romance novel. Um, To me, that was right on point. Yeah. Um, And then... Maybe he calls 1-800... What's it? Slap me? (laughs) Slap me? Spank me? Okay, yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um... The kids show up, and then to the cop asks who they are. To me, this was the worst line in the whole movie. The head kid of the elf squad says, We're your worst nightmare, elves <laughs> with attitude. I wanted to vomit that scene like, was yeah, so that bad. Was that dialogue was off the charts awful right for a movie that's very good at witty one-liners that are very funny that that was was, not a good one not their best choice (laughs) this is the climax of the movie i was i was emotionally attached i was emotionally attached wanting to see what is gonna happen to tim allen Mm -hmm. but i do have some details later okay but not at the police station so (laughs) what's going on next um we so Santa escapes jail uh, with the help of the Elf Squad. They go back to Neil and Nora's house, and it's Christmas Eve, and Neil is making, I think it's called heroes or euros oh, or it's heroes? like yeah yeah like those like Greek the Greek sandwich with yeah. the pita thing. Yeah. It is Christmas Eve. <laughs> I get that your child is missing, but eat some decent food for Christmas Eve. He's stuffing like and bean he, sprouts. He, I saw I thought it was lettuce. He grabs a 
fistful of lettuce <laughs> and just shoves it down in there. I'm like, I would hope you would put something else in there. That's honestly me though. <laughs> I like I like all veggies. <laughs> but when Bernard magically appears later and he's eating the the gyro gyro you I don't know how it's pronounced the sandwich he's eating the sandwich all this lettuce flies out of the sandwich so we know it's the one Neil made which he put in nothing but lettuce um but I just thought that was especially sad because he is such an uncultured swine to not be eating something of value on Christmas Eve and how uncultural um then oh there was something something I missed um maybe the best line in the movie where did I wrote it down somewhere I'm so upset okay here it is okay best line of the movie is back when Sam I guess it was recently when they got back from the North Pole and Scott was visiting Charlie excuse me visiting Charlie and Neil confronts him for probably the first time about the whole Santa deal yeah. and he's like I think you know Charlie is suffering from the same delusions you are and Scott gives back the best line he says I appreciate your analysis but you have more important things to worry about like where are you going to get more sweaters after the circus pulls <laughs> oh, out yeah. of town yeah, I, wrote that I thought down that was too. such a good line because so throughout the whole movie Neil is wearing these horrible sweaters um, which he does in the sequel movies as well but to me that was the absolute best line of the entire movie that was a really good Um, line probably makes the movie worth watching to be honest Um, but and then he leaves the room and and then Neil says he says you're right Nora the sweater was a bad (laughs) idea or something like that yeah (laughs) and he knows he knows it was a bad sweater he wasn't fooling anybody I I understand that though sometimes I buy something and I know I know it's a bad idea yeah but I still buy it I've done that like there was a shirt where it looked good on the person wearing it and I was like I could I could look good (laughs) in that too could not look I did not look good in that sold that shirt um (laughs) So Santa returns Charlie back to Nora and Neil, um, and Charlie is like, "Oh well, let's go. Let like let's finish delivering presents." And Santa's like, "No, you gotta stay." Charlie cries that he's gonna miss his dad too much uh, because he's not gonna be able to spend Christmas Eve with him. Yeah. But I'm sorry, you just spent a whole month, a whole month with, with only your, your dad. <laughs> you can stand to be without him for the next twelve yeah. hours until Christmas he is, really is over. And. Honestly, I'm sure Nora and Neil would just like to have a couple minutes with Charlie. And I have to give props. Charlie's crying is exceptionally believable. It's very good. Um, yeah. I just thought that was great acting on his part. Because yeah. there are actual tears. Yeah. Um, I don't know if those are artificial or not. But he was pulling off fake sad yeah. really, really well. What do they do to make kids cry? Do well, some Are some kids just capable of crying on well, command? Well, it's like... if. They do this for adults too. If you can't cry on on command, um, there's like a, a eye drop they put in your eyes to make your eyes water mm. to produce fake tears. Wow. But even if that was the case for him, it looks ex- it, it looks good. very real. Yeah, I thought they did it pretty pretty well. Yeah. Um, but Nora says, "Wow, you really are Santa Claus." And then Scott <laughs> gives this great quip back. He's like, "And your mother said I'd never amount to anything." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was so great. Um, and then 
We go back outside, and the kids are back when the po-po show up. Mm-hmm. What are these kids doing back out of bed right, again? they're still out of bed. Have they, did like, they not leave the street? I felt like they would have they gone back inside, because this probably happened over a period of hours of traveling back and forth. Granted, jetpacks allowed flight at the speed of light. Right. Um, <laughs> but, but Santa was in the tank for, for a little a while. For a couple hours. Um, and the whole sass in the Harlequin romance novel reading cop probably took some time, yeah, too. Yeah, right. Um, so the kids are legit just running into the street. The parents are... It seems this time, more than the time before, that it wasn't the parents' choice to be like, hey, let's yeah. go see this. Yeah. It's the kids are running out. They're going um, And the parents are chasing them. Uh, I'm honestly concerned for the safety of these children. Yeah. Clearly, they don't they're have good supervision. <laughs> I think they're homeless. Saw the chance that they're homeless and it's they're just random awesome. adults trying to steal them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but here is my biggest roast of the whole movie. And this will be my last thing that I have to say. <laughs> There's this whole spiel within the house about how Santa has to hurry because he's pretty behind because he already spent a couple hours in jail. He redirected his route by stopping at Neil and Nora's house uh, upon Charlie's request. And he finally leaves the house only to show up 10 minutes later. Yeah, to come back. To come back for Charlie because Charlie is crying again because he misses his dad. Yeah. Santa acknowledges. He says... It's only been 10 minutes. Yeah. What was it? That is such a time waster. If you are that concerned about wasting time, why did you come back to the place you just left? Right. And then Charlie's like, oh, can I can I fly with you? And Santa's like, sure, if it's cool with your mom. Yeah. like we'll What happened with ride. the spiel we just heard <laughs> of Santa saying, no, you can't come with me. You got to stay with your mom and Neil. Right. So now him just saying, oh yeah, you can fly with me. Yeah, that means that he says we're going for a quick ride, and she says don't fly over any oceans. Which I so, thought was a great line. Yeah, that way. was a good. That was a good line. Yeah. But if that's true, if Neil sticks to his word, or not Neil, if Scott sticks to his word, and only takes him for a quick ride, that means he's gonna go someplace. And he's gonna come and he's back, gonna back come again. Back again. <laughs> time. The biggest time issue. Is the time means nothing this in this movie. <laughs> Even with jetpacks flying at the speed of light, there is no regard for time at all in this movie. Yeah. To me, it is just disrespectful to the viewer to think that they are dumb enough to <laughs> buy it. Enough. Granted, I was dumb enough to buy it for the past yeah, few years. Yeah, right. But what to me, that is a glaring issue throughout the whole movie. Yeah, that's strange. Of just telling how the year is progressing and all of the time events falling on Christmas Eve. Yeah. To me, was a huge issue. Yeah, that was weird. I will agree with that. So what closing thoughts do you have on the movie, Rebecca? I had the closing thought, well, just a brief thought. It's kind of weird that Charlie starts calling Scott Santa Claus. Yeah, that's like calling Instead your, of dad. Yeah, like that's like calling your parent by their first name. Right. I just thought that was kind of weird. Like yeah. if my dad turned into Santa Claus, I'd probably still call him dad, not yeah. Santa Claus. You could call that him Papa Noel. Yeah, Papa Noel or... Chris Kringle. Yeah. Sir Santa. I don't know. Sir Santa. So many possibilities. Reba. Um, Reba. (laughs) That would be confusing. Reba, yeah. Um, Also, with the whole line, the uh, seeing is not believing. Believing Believing is seeing. Believing is seeing. 
for that to be kind of a central theme of the movie, a whole heckin' lot of people see Santa That's true. in this movie. Yeah, a they do not promote people. that message well. Right. Like, at the end, Santa's just flying around people everywhere. Are people everywhere. are seeing him left and right. Yeah, and all the police... Are right, checking them out. All right. the kids see them. Or like the kid sleeping on the couch. Yeah. Isn't that kind of a thing where Santa, you're supposed to be in your bed sleeping so you don't see Santa? Yeah. Isn't that kind of the point? My gosh. I don't know. Disney can't. <laughs> Disney can't support its own beliefs. <laughs> he's just flying around he's everywhere. Just, he's he like, I don't care who's concerned who about me. that at all. Doesn't Vers- that destroy yeah. the Christmas spirit? Honestly. Maybe that's Elf though. Maybe well, ch- well, elf. an Elf people scene does promote belief, but. The New York Park Rangers, they don't like Santa and right. Elf, and they come after him. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that's a very good point, that it is not supporting the belief that it is claiming to promote. No. Yeah. Um, anything we didn't cover within this movie at all? That was all that I had. Um, so, <laughs> you know, if would you recommend this movie? Did you like it? Um, what, what, what would you rate it out of 10? So, I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. Besides yeah. all of the issues with the the traditional gender roles <laughs> slash time means absolutely nothing. nothing. Yeah. I thought it was very funny. And mm-hmm. I hadn't seen it in a long time. Yeah. So, it was a good movie for me to rewatch. Yeah. And I was, I was really surprised. I liked it a lot. I okay. thought it was funny, engaging. Tim Allen, I thought was really good. Really handsome. Handsome, (laughs) funny, (laughs) marriage material. (laughs) Apparently not because he got divorced, but he gets married in the sequel. Oh, right, yes. So he has marriage material. Is Tim Allen in real life married? I would bet, yeah. Probably. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. He's got the money. That's that's an attractive factor. Um, (laughs) So out of 10, what would you rate it? I would rate it an 8. An no, eight. Seven. seven. I don't know. The time issue is really freaked. Now that we've yeah. talked about it, before, previously I would have said an eight, six and a half. Now okay. maybe. <laughs> but like it half. lost yeah. the whole star because yeah, of, of, time. of time and specifically that Charlie was kidnapped for a month. Yes. <laughs> That's horrible. That is very negative. Scott messed up on that yeah. one. I would <laughs> say, like, I mean, watching it as a kid. I don't think I understood anything that was going on no. except some guy was getting fat. Right, <laughs> that's Santa. all I remember about the movie. <laughs> that's all I got. Yeah. Um, being older, I definitely appreciate the humor more. Yeah. Tim Allen does a good job, you know, unlike the Shaggy Dog, sorry Rebecca, or <laughs> the Santa Claus 2 or 3. Acting, you know, is pretty decent throughout the movie. Yeah. But now that I look at it, like, straight on and see all of its issues, I have to say... I can't give it more than six. I'd have to give it a five <laughs> at best. Because there are some, to me, there are very big issues within the movie that need to be resolved. Yeah. Um, it brings up a lot of good questions, though. Things yeah. to think about. Like, and we want an that prequel. Yeah. There is <laughs> an evil Santa for sure. Um, I think Disney is going to listen to this I and reevaluate their ideas for yep. this movie the series. Prequel. Um, but thank you very much for doing this roast and toast. Of course. Um, thank you to everyone for staying tuned. We will be back with the game and we are breaking for ads. Yeah. We're sponsored by people who call Christmas break winter break. Stop lying to yourself. Even Jewish people call it Christmas break.
This episode is also brought to you by Sean Mendez trying to do a duet in Taylor Swift's song Lover. Get back into your freaking lane and shut up, Sean Mendez. Welcome back. We have a Christmas themed game for this Christmas themed episode. Um, so there is a game we do on this show called Spinoff, which was actually created by my own sister Paige Bass. Um, and the way you play Spinoff is I will give you the warped. Well, the way we used to do it was for movies, but be it in honor of Christmas, this will be about Christmas songs mm -hmm. and a little bit of context. Usually every year, some PC warriors come out of the bushes to complain about how the song Baby It's Cold Outside <laughs> is about date rape, <laughs> which it's not. Because there was such a warped idea of that, and that didn't really resurface this year. The real issue was the Peloton commercial with the woman apparently being forced into bicycling. Oh. Which I don't believe or support. I, I missed um, that one. <laughs> check it out if you can. All right. Um, it's definitely a load of crap. Um, but so, in honor of the PC warriors of the world trying to b get people to believe Baby It's Cold Outside is about date rape, I am doing spinoff for Christmas songs, and I'm going to give you warped interpretations of a Christmas song, okay. and you have to tell me what Christmas song it is. Okay. There are 15. All right. Um, we'll go through all of them. If you can't get any, we'll stop, but try and get as many as you can. Technically, you can go for as long as you want as far as time goes, but if you want to set a high, high score, I would recommend trying to be as fast as possible and gain as many right as possible. I okay. believe when I did this episode, well, I did this episode with Jordan Burrow in season one, and I think he got nine out of 15. Wow. He took like 10 minutes. <laughs> and I had Paige play this in the last episode of the season one finale, and she got, I think, 12 out of 15 in around six wow. minutes. So, Impressive. stakes are high. Okay. Are you ready to play? I'm ready. All right, time to play spinoff. Okay. On our mark, cassette, go. A pagan song about worshiping plants. Uh, a Christmas tree? Yes, great job. <laughs> a person is practically deaf except for hearing a pair of percussion instruments. Practically deaf percussion instruments? If you want, we can skip it. Wait, say it again. A person is practically deaf except for hearing a pair of percussion instruments. Do you hear what I hear? No. Uh, little drummer boy, no. I don't know, skip it. Okay. A young kid's mother is dying and he thinks shoes will help save her. <laughs> what? <laughs> shoes? She's dying mm -hmm. and shoes will help save her. They won't. This is a popular so. Christmas song? Yes. Would you like to skip? Skip it. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple people with self-confidence issues aren't sure what's really real and have to ask each other if they're all experiencing the same things. Wait, one more time. Multiple people with self-confidence issues aren't sure what's really real and have to ask each other if they're all experiencing the same things. Hmm. Next one. <laughs> so <heart> bad. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. A heartbroken lover refuses to accept any gift for Christmas other than her ex coming back to her. All I want for Christmas is you. Yeah. <laughs> good job. Uh. An agoraphobic refuses to go outside when it snows. Baby, it's cold outside. No, no. that's not true. Um, um, oh, 
Oh, what is that song called? I know exactly what it is, but I don't remember what it's called. What is it? Snow, snowing, snowing. Uh, <laughs> okay, skip it. Okay, okay. A parent can't find his child named Christmas and inquires as to where it is. His child named Christmas? Oh, oh, where are you, Christmas? Yes, good job. <laughs> Why can't I find you? <laughs> Isn't that, I thought that was a really clever interpretation where of the song. Where are you, Christmas? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Thank you. A stalker refuses to leave a person alone until their plans for December 31st are revealed. Baby, it's cold outside. What are you doing on Christmas? What are you, what December are you, 31st, Rebecca. What are you doing on Oh. Oh, what are you doing on New Year's? <laughs> uh, close enough. What are you doing New what Year's are you doing Eve? Yes. New Year's Eve? A warning to a reindeer to get away from its owner. Uh, Grandma got run over. No, not that. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> For a reindeer to get away from its owner. Uh-huh. Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer. You're close. Had a very shiny nose. No. That makes sense. It has Rudolph in it. Rudolph. Rudolph. Um, what? <laughs> There's another song about Rudolph? Yes. What? Oh. Run, run, Rudolph. Yes. <laughs> yes. <Good job. laughs> All right. Someone suffering from hypothermia insists love, not clothes, will keep him from getting cold. Babe, it's cold outside. <laughs> I'm just going to keep for every- that. That is not no, no. on here. I know what it is. Um, no, I don't. <laughs> Everyone is dying to figure out if people living in Africa can tell what time of year it is. You, is there Christmas in Africa? Do you have Christmas in Africa? <laughs> you, you know the you know the Strano Chaser version of the Twelve Days of Christmas. Yes. Where he's like, I have Christmas down in Africa. Is yes. <laughs> That's not what this song is. Okay. Um, but I like your interpretation. Thank you. <laughs> uh, would you like to skip? Yeah. A passerby is casing his neighborhood in town to see if people are really decorating for Christmas. <laughs> what? How do I not know any of these? He's surveying his neighborhood to see if people are really decorating for Christmas. Um, oh. Is it the song from the end of Rudolph? <laughs> what is that song? I don't know what song Christmas that is. Christmas time is no, that's not what that. Christmas time is here is in Charlie Brown. <laughs> yeah, you're right. What is that song called? It's Christmas. <laughs> okay, wait. The next one. <laughs> A chronic tardy pants expects everyone to have Christmas ready for him when he gets home. I'll be home for Christmas. Yes, very good. Thank you. People are insistent that for the perfect Christmas, you only need roasted chestnuts, turkey, mistletoe, and Eskimos. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Mm-hmm. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. What is, what is that song? By the fire. Merry Christmas to you. What is that song uh, okay. called? Some people call it chestnuts roasting by an open okay. fire, and you said that, so I'll give it to you. It's Sweet. also called the Christmas song. Oh, that's right, yes. A woman with a restraining order from her ex-husband is trying to get back to him and tell him, Merry Christmas. The restraining order from her ex-husband. Tell him Merry Christmas. <laughs> the baby. <laughs> I love that song. No. Um, 
I don't know. Go to the next one. Okay, we're back at the beginning. Okay. A person is practically deaf except for hearing a pair of percussion instruments. Except for hearing a pair of percussion instruments. Oh, I hear the bells on Christmas Day. Is that what it is? You're so close. I hear, I hear, do you hear the people saying Bells is in the name. Silver bells. Yes. A young kid's mother is dying and he thinks shoes will help save her. And he thinks shoes will help save her. This is a popular Christmas song? Yes, I hate this Christmas song. Shoes will help save her. Shoes is in the title. Shoes. I don't even know. Christmas shoes. Yes! Really? Good job. <laughs> <laughs> like multiple was... okay multiple people with self-confidence issues aren't sure what's really real and have to ask each other if they're all experiencing the same things okay do you know it's christmas do you know do you do you hear what i hear <laughs> is, is it, it do you hear what yes, i hear good hey, job. yes <laughs> an agoraphobic refuses to go outside when it snows an agoraphobic refuses to go outside when it snows I'll I'll be home for Christmas. Nope. I'm staying home. No. Nope. Home is nope. the best. <laughs> White Christmas. No. Nope. Uh, Bing Crosby. <laughs> no. Nope. Home is where the heart is. No. Nope. <laughs> Should we skip? The fireplace is great. I hate germs. <laughs> He's an agoraphobe, not a germaphobe. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, you're, yeah, okay. All right. Someone <laughs> suffering from hypothermia insists love, not clothes, will keep him from getting cold. Insists love will keep him from getting cold. <laughs> Rebecca's concentrating so hard, everybody. Love will keep him from, that's such a nice sentiment. I don't need the clothes. <laughs> is that what it's called? That is praise for nudity, Rebecca. <laughs> Naked, but not alone. <laughs> oh my gosh. Cold body, warm heart. <laughs> I know. This is a real Christmas song. This is a real Christmas song. About how he want he doesn't need clothes. I don't need clothes. <laughs> Should we come back? Yeah. All right. Everyone is dying to figure out if people living in Africa can tell what time of year it is. <laughs> I have no idea. A passerby so is casing his neighborhood in town to see if people are really decorating for Christmas. I feel like I should know that. I should. <laughs> and? Neighborhood is starting <laughs> You didn't spend enough money <laughs> this year. <laughs> what in the pooey? Well, what would you do? What? What is that? Is what's that? That's Chinese. For I don't know. Okay. <laughs> okay. A woman with a restraining order from her ex-husband is trying to get back to him and tell him Merry Christmas. Uh, 
last Christmas I gave you my heart. No. <laughs> the very nice day you gave it away. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She's trying to get back to him. Taylor Swift doesn't want to get back with him. <laughs> what in the heck? Wants to get back to him. Boy, you get over here. <laughs> okay, I don't know. Okay, do you want me to read any of them again? Or do you want to I'm giving up. Okay. You got, I think, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. You got 10 out of 15. Okay. It's not too bad. That's, that's not three horrible. fits. Yeah. I think that's. Three. That's like a. That's a passing grade. 10 out of 15 is a 16. Oh no. <laughs> oh, that's a 66. That's a 66%. Uh, not great. Um, okay. Uh, let's go through the ones you didn't get. An agoraphobic refuses to go outside when it snows. That's let it snow. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Oh, the, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, someone suffering from hypothermia insists love, not clothes, will keep him from getting cold. Yeah. I've got my love to keep me warm. Oh, that's nice. Um, not, nudity is not good. <laughs> um, everyone is dying to figure out if people living in Africa can tell what time of year it is. That is the song, Do They Know It's Christmas Time. Oh, I've never Band heard Aid. that. Oh it's, oh, it's very popular. Oh. Um, well, it's from like the 80s. It's an older song. Exciting. Um, I've probably heard it before. So. Probably in passing. Yeah. A passerby is casing his neighborhood in town to see if people are really decorating for Christmas. That's It's beginning to look a lot like uh, Christmas. Uh, and last one, a woman with a restraining order from her ex-husband is trying to get back to ten trying to get back to him and tell him Merry Christmas that is Merry Christmas darling oh Merry Christmas darling <laughs> well, is that how that goes <laughs> just about I think I've heard that once <laughs> well that is the end of our game uh, thank you so much for your time to be here on this show. Thank you for You're sacrificing welcome. dignity to be here on this show as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was a wonderful discussion roasting and toasting the Santa Claus yeah. movie with you. Uh, I will give you a five-second PSA of anything of your choice before we go to closing announcements. A PSA? Yes. Public service announcement. Yes. Um, um, uh-oh. <laughs> Be careful who you shake hands with because they might have um, the flu. <laughs> or <Okay>. Ebola. <laughs> or Ebola. Um, that's a biggie. Um, all right. Thank you for that piece. You're welcome. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Kaiser's Guidelines. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss new episodes when they come out every other Tuesday. Please give us a rating and review on iTunes. It's the best way for people to know what this podcast is all about. If you have any suggestions for the show, you can send them to Geisersguidelines at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at savage underscore sasquatch78. And you can follow Rebecca at... Rboiny14. <laughs> B-O-I-N-E-Y Like boy And then a knee Except it's not spelled the same That was not the best example in the world Um, I'm 14 because I made it when I was 14 (laughs) That's good though That's that's creative You can also email me at rboiny14 at (laughs) gmail.com
<laughs> I really hope whoever calls 1-800-SPANK-ME visits the North Pole yes. also visits you. Or also, Emails maybe they do me. visit you. Maybe they visit you, but I, that they also yeah, send I mean, you an email. If you want to visit me, you can. I go to Asbury University. I live in Glide 211. Um, oh my gosh, Rebecca. <laughs> well, no one listens to this podcast, so nothing no, bad's going to happen to you. They, I, I want them to visit me. <laughs> as okay. long as they aren't like murderous. Or as long as they aren't a kidnapper <laughs> who takes you to the North Pole for a month. Right. <laughs> if um, you're a murderer or a kidnapper, that invitation is not extended to you. <laughs> Please stay home or turn yourself in to the police <laughs> or seek help. Or all three. Or all three. All I three. do love receiving emails, though, so you can email me if you are a murderer or a kidnapper. <laughs> That's fine. I feel like that would be a great premise for a book. A murderer emailing me? Yeah. And you're the only one who has the clues to figure out how to solve the case. That's good. Why would they email me that, though? Because they want to be caught. Very irresponsible. True. Um, <laughs> back on track. All content on the show, uh, except for tonight's game, is created by me, Jordan Geisler. Thank you very much to Rebecca Pointy for being on the show. Thanks again for listening, and stay good, everybody.